Welcome back. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, Crossing Streams. It's the segment we do each week, every Tuesday, except for when we don't, where we talk about other things we've been watching that you might want to check out. Three things each, Steve and I, different movies, shows, or other things we don't make a full review about. That Listen maybe, to these riddles three. Yeah. Yes. We could touch upon. Answer me these questions three. Actually, I, I have a riddle for you. I have a riddle for you. Yeah? What is your, what is your name? Kit. Laser. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I fucked up and kept rolling. It's too late in the day for me to do retakes. Yeah, full disclosure, uh, we've been recording all day. This is the la- Even though you're listening to this on Tuesday, this is the very last episode we got of the recording schedule. 10.30 a.m. It is now 7.30 p.m.? 7 p.m. Yeah, 7 p.m. I This is my sixth episode, your fifth episode recording. I dipped out row. for deep fried tacos. Yeah. Because uh, we had that, we had a makeup uh, episode from for Star Trek from last week, so it's been a long day. So if you can f- hear it in our voices that we're a little tired, maybe a little loopy, it's maybe a little a cotton mouth. Long yeah, that's why. day, far away, deep down your hand in your pocket. Oh, I thought you were singing. Wait, that, reach uh, down your hand in your pocket. That Paul Pull Walker out some hope for me. It's Matchbox Twenty. Did you ever pop to them? Not really. I was a big Matchbox 20 guy. I don't dislike Matchbox 20, but it's not a band I'm super familiar with. Reach down your hand in your pocket. Hand in my pocket, and the other one's holding a cigarette. Sorry, I went to Landis Morrison. Another one's on a high five. High five. <laughs> so this is what we're going to do. Um, we're going to fucking rock your socks off with these microphones. Rock That's what we're going to do. Out. My hat, I used to be wearing it. I rocked it off three episodes ago. Mm. That's right. We're going to talk about three things that are going to blow your mind, or we're going to say we didn't like them. Just depends. It's a plot twist. Uh, if you want to become a patron of this show, we'd highly appreciate that. You can go to patreon.com slash streaming things, get access to bonus Patreon episodes of multiple kinds, access to our discord in the community with a bunch of way smarter, cooler people than us hanging out in there all the time. They're so smart. We got a great team of discord mods running there all the we time. We do. I love them. Casey, Enzo, Jen. We can also, uh, you could also follow us on social medias, Instagram, streaming things official. You can go to our website, streamingthingspod.com. But if you don't want to do any of that, Follow me on any social media at Kit Laser. Uh, just search Kit Laser. It'll, it'll show. <laughs> you don't have to do any of that. Just you listening right now is support enough. But if you want to go that extra mile for free because we know times are tough, take a moment to rate and review the show on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. Hopefully five stars. That'll help us up. Uh, help us out a lot. Bump us in the feeds. We pump, need that bump. Pump, pump it up. Pump up the jams. Pump also, it up. there's nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. <laughs> No, a lot of people have the thought that there is something wrong with a little bump and grind. There's not. We heard streaming things. There's no, I don't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Consensual bump and grind. Yeah. That's key. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. The consensual was key. So Steve, what's one thing you've been streaming this week? Oh my gosh. So, um, I will start with, uh, the newest property that I've watched a lot of older stuff this week. So I'll start off with the new one. Um, uh, I have started watching uh, on Apple TV Plus, oh. Platonic. Oh, nice! Starring Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne. Um, I, I so I I think we were were we talking about this last co- Crossing Streams or was I think this an I, offline, I talked about it an off air thing? It was Crossing Streams because you brought up Shrinking. Oh, we were ta- yeah, Shrinking and Ted Lasso, and they have it's it's the same showrunner. 
Is, is that right? No, I thought it was another Bill Lawrence show. I could be completely wrong about that. Well, either way, I was like, okay, I've seen the trailers for this. I, I, I like Seth Rogen. I think it's an interesting concept. So I watched the first couple episodes of Platonic on Apple TV+. It is funny. It's I, I don't quite enjoy it as much as, like, say, a Ted Lasso or a Shrinking uh-huh. yet, but the potential is there. Um, the building blocks are strong. Uh, so the if you don't know what it is, it's basically... Rose Byrne is the main character. She plays Sylvia. She's uh, it, she's 40. She's got a husband, some kids. She is a stay-at-home mom. They're trying to like sell their house and get a bigger one so they can uh, fit all their family members in there. They've outgrown their house, you know. And she used to be best friends with a guy named Will in college. In fact, Will was her matron of honor at her yeah. wedding. And the whole thing is like they, they were best friends. They were inseparable. But Will got married to somebody she told him, like, hey, I don't think this woman's right for you. And that caused a rift between them. And they haven't spoken to each other in, like, 10 or 15 years. And now she finds out that Will has been divorced by this woman. And so she thinks, like, hey, maybe I can reconnect with him. I, like, we were really, really close at one point. I want to reach out and make sure he's okay. And I want to try to be friends. And it's these two people who have grown separ- separately from each other. They still care about one another, and they're trying to reconnect and have that close, tight friendship that they used to have. But there's this whole big thing, like, they're in their 40s now. Can a man and a woman uh, be friends in their 40s and have it not become, like, a sexual charged relationship? And a lot of people are like, hey, don't hang out with him. That's gross. Hey, don't swoop in. You're married. That's weird. You know, there's a lot of that going on, and but you still can tell that they really do get along. And I kind of like the idea. I don't know how the show ends, so I don't know. Don't spoil it for me. But I would lo- really love that the show sticks to their guns and they just really are like, this is a completely platonic relationship. They are just friends. I would hope so to- with the name of the show. Yeah, it would. It would I don't know. I, I wouldn't like it if they end up together or something. A, because it's kind of problematic because she's in a seemingly happily, happy marriage with kids and whatnot. Um but I do like this idea of, you know, men and women can be friends when they're older and society kind of looks at that with an eyebrow raise, rightfully so, because there's a lot of uh, dudes out there who are gross and women who like also maybe can't be trusted with that sort of relationship. But I think it's entirely possible and a lot of societal norms kind of make it so we don't try to pursue that type of relationship at this age, at least. And yeah. Uh, so far, I've I've enjoyed it. There's a really funny bit. I think it's in the second episode where she goes to a house that they're thinking of buying. It's a real fixer-upper, but it used to be a hospice care house, but it closed down due to COVID. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and a lot Seth of people Rogan, died in there. And Seth Rogen's like, uh, I could see why. <laughs> and, uh, and the whole time they're going through the house, and it's like this creepy, like, somewhat vague hospital looking uh room and like a cabinet will just violently shut randomly like, did you fucking see that this place is haunted <laughs> and that was that was a really fun bit uh so i'm really excited to see where the show goes i've only i'm only two episodes in but so far i think it's definitely worth a look if you like that story and also apple tv plus has been i think they've been churning out bangers wait till you see the stuff that i'm sorry i know this isn't really the forum for this uh but the stuff that's still coming in 2023 uh, I did a video on this. I think it's fascinating. Fascinating. This is all, I have every network, but this is just Apple TV Plus. Uh, a show called Bad Monkey. And this is all to say. Bad Monkey. Apple TV Plus is incredible mm-hmm. uh, already. But Bad Monkey, Apple TV Plus, Vince Vaughn. It's another Bill Lawrence show. That's what I was thinking of. And uh, oh, okay. And it's based on a, a book, but it, 
Vince Vaughn, Bill Lawrence, boom, Bad Monkey. The Changeling starring Lakeith Stanfold. It's like a horror fantasy show. Time Bandits uh, adapting a Terry Gilliam movie uh, uh, created by Taika Waititi. Uh, Disclaimer. Ooh. A psychological thriller limited series from Alfonso Cuaron. What? Starring Kate Blanchett and Sasha Baron Cohen. What? Yeah. Fuck what? me. Yeah. Dark Matter starring Joel Edgerton, Jennifer Connelly, uh, trippy sci-fi, Christopher Nolan-esque show. Uh, Chief of Hell War. Yeah. Jason Momoa. Tim, uh, Timuera Morrison. I don't know if I said that Timora right. Timora Morrison. Timora Morrison. Timora uh, Morrison. About the colonization of Hawaii. Oh, these Wookiees. Like the here. original war. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just a simple man trying to make his way throughout the galaxy. That's all. That's all. Apple TV Plus later this year. If, you know, pending the strike doesn't stop any of that stuff from coming, all that stuff. But, I mean, it's still wild for a network that already has, you know, uh, so many good original TV shows. Hell yeah. Those all sound amazing. And I'm it's all the, in. It's, oh, this is the main part. It's the cheapest service. I mean, this isn't a plug for Apple TV+. Plus. I just think Please. a lot of people don't know how to watch it. Mm-hmm. They think you need an Apple device or, you know, it's not. You can no. you can get the app on almost everything. I don't know if it's on Roku or yeah, whatever. Like what? but uh, Like dollars $7. $7. $6.99. Yeah. 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 By far the cheapest service you can get right now. Well, I had a lot of people in my comments saying Apple TV Plus is not the cheapest. Uh, $3 to rent an episode of TV. That's ridiculous. And they're, that's I'm like, not that's what that is. iTunes, my guy. And so I really just think the reason they don't have more subscribers is people are like genuinely confused, confused. about it. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, people are more familiar with iTunes. It's been around for so long. Yeah. But it's like, the same Apple way TV. that there's Prime Video, but you can also rent movies on Amazon. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. I just, I just love the full comps. Uh, my guy, <laughs> you rent an episode of TV for $3. My guy. Yeah, they were. A couple of people pretty rude that just thought it was iTunes. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you watched Platonic. That's great. Uh, I look forward to watching the rest of it. What Spe- about you, man? What's your first one? So, well, speaking of Plus, I don't know, you, you checked it out too. I watched the first episode of Secret Invasion that came out last Wednesday. As you're listening on to Disney this, Disney Plus? On Disney Plus. Uh, second episode will come out tomorrow as you're listening to this. Um, I did not like it. Uh, I have not liked, I, I, I'm not the big. I'm not anti-MCU or pretentious fuck or anything like that. I've watched literally every show and every MCU movie. I have liked 90% of them. In fact, I like more of them than the diehard fans because I enjoyed Black Widow. I enjoyed Captain Marvel. I like Miss Marvel. I liked Eternals. I think Shang-Chi is one of the best in the MCU. I like Uh, She-Hulk. Yes, She-Hulk was fun for sure. I love She-Hulk. But at the same time. Hawkeye, the best, the best Disney show. I think it is. Yeah. I'm not even being funny. I'm not being funny. I fuck with it heavy. Yeah. Haley Steinfeld. Whoop, 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 whoop. Um, so that, with that being said, I expected to at least like enjoy. And a lot of people are like, oh, and maybe the praise was too high coming out of the gate, but it was like, this is the most mature thing that the MCU has done in a long time, maybe ever. I think that is true. It's a pretty violent, pretty dark episode, especially for the Disney plus MCU shows. Uh, but it's like, it's not interesting. Uh, it's, the setup is pretty bad. There's a couple kind of weird action sequences, specifically with Samuel L. Jackson, where um, the guy he's chasing has him dead to rights. And he's just it's like it's bad. It's kind of it reminds me of Kenobi where it's like, I see what you're doing. That's fucking Obi-Wan. Kenobi. And this is there. But you edited it wrong and fucked it up. And now I just want to turn it off because that was like whack. What mm-hmm. is what's good? The opening sequence. Have you heard about the controversy? They used A.I. to make the credits. 
You know, I was one. Actually, I saw the opening credits for the show, and I was like, I bet that's AI. That it looks is. like an AI thing doing it in a render. And they claim, and a lot of people defend it, saying it fits the themes of the show because the scrolls are like uh, impersonating humanity, and this is something like yeah. Inhuman. I actually, I thought it was a pretty ingenious idea. Uh-huh. Yeah, it fit, a lot of, I thought it fit the theme. A lot of people are upset. I think rightly so, because, I mean, there's some artists there that didn't get some work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you could have had an artist like, hey, design this. Design this like to look wonky, you know, Mm -hmm. like, why couldn't you tell an artist that instead of getting for free just using AI, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that that and I don't want to defend using AI because I agree most of the time, like, yes, use artists, use them, especially when you're using AI to create art. Uh, But in this very, very specific point uh i think the way that ai kind of does that flowing sort of creation of art on the fly is very alien and not human and strange looking and i think if you made a i don't know if you would get the exact same effect if a if a real artist would do yeah i'm not saying that's impossible i'm just curious like that's probably the thought process behind it i guess it's just choice you know in the midst of uh the WGA and the potentially SAG going on strike and AI being the biggest sticking point and then having this tentpole Disney show drop yeah. with these AI credits. It was just kind of like maybe bad timing for the conversation that we're having. Cause I understand mm-hmm. your point. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I'm, I'm not going to die on that Hill at all. Sure. <laughs> like I would much prefer someone get paid for work than, sure. than not. But I'm just saying like, I can see where someone could connect that dot for why, Oh, this is a good idea. I get what you're saying. You're a video editor. You're often a freelance artist. I mean, you have a dog in the fight for the AI. Have you ever seen, there was a, there's a YouTube channel where they, they create, uh, like beer commercials in AI. Have you ever seen those? Uh, no, they are a hilarious (laughs) B horrifying, like uncanny and crazy. Well, cause it's like people who are like, and it's this, you know how like the the texture of this intro, like everything's constantly moving. Yeah. It's like even though it's a person, like the, their faces are slightly moving the entire time. Sometimes they have like beer cans for hands, but this and so it looks so wild and crazy. But the scary thing about it is, if you look at it big picture, it's like oh fuck, it's nailing the beats of what a beer commercial is, shot for shot music choices it's just if they could hammer out the weird jiggles and like, i don't know what hands are that ai does yeah it could really hands do it freak could, ai it could do that and that's the scary part about why do you it. think ai fucking just doesn't understand hands uh well i mean if you if you don't have them you're probably like what's what's the point yeah <laughs> yeah interesting it's but, like five it's like 10 little people on one person but yeah i i really don't understand i can't tell you with spoiler without spoilers what i hated so much about the episode or what i just disliked i, I don't even have there's not enough there for me to even hate it it's just a nothing burger um i probably I won't continue i think disney plus just shits the bed constantly for me personally i didn't finish mando season three i don't care um and i feel this way i don't i don't think i'll continue with secret invasion i may just if I'm bored on a Wednesday, but I doubt it. What did you think so far, Steve? Well, full disclosure, I've only seen half of the first episode. Was that I because watched it, it wa- didn't pick you up or were you busy? No, I was legit watching it on my lunch break at work. Mm. But, and while I was watching it, I was kind of into it. I was like, oh, I'm kind of getting a Captain America Civil War vibe off of this. There's like, like Winter Soldier? Or Winter Soldier, yes. Yeah. Uh, there's like a spy stuff going on. There's some, oh, there's Ben Mendelsohn as the scroll. Ben Mendelsohn is so good. It's I love him. Uh, uh, and uh, what's his name in the very beginning? Uh, Martin Freeman. 
Yeah. I, I love that whole scene. Amelia Clark shows up. One of my favorite people on the planet. Yeah. I loved Amelia Clark. I'm, ex- I'm, I'm actually legit interested in seeing like what they're doing with the scrolls themselves. Uh, but to your point, I could only finish half of the episode while I was at work. My lunch break ended. I went back to work fully intending like, Oh, I'll watch this when I get home. Totally forgot about it. By the time I got home. Right. Didn't think about it. I literally forgot about it as until a show, I mentioned it until when we were about to turn the mics on to do this. You're like, Oh, I'm going to talk about secret wars. I'm like, Oh yeah, I saw that. Wait a minute. I didn't actually. Yeah. And uh, apparently I never read the comics. It's, it's not even recognizably based on secret invasion, the comic story. Oh, there's no way it could be. Yeah. Um, and some people are like me about that. So anyway, that's my journey with secret invasion so far. Uh, I do love Amelia Clark. I might watch another episode to get some more of her, I but, do. and Ben Mendelsohn. Um, but I was very, very disappointed, you know, because I think it's for me, those Disney plus shows have been declining in quality oh, instead all, of honestly, all of Marvel like, has been declining quality. Yeah, the past Moon Knight, I've just been like oh, on everything. Um, um, but any so what's another thing you've been streaming? Well, I was streaming uh, a, a movie from 2019. It's a movie that stars. I had to rent this. So I don't know if you can stream it anywhere. Uh, it stars Taron Edgerton. Jamie Bell, Richard Madden, Bryce Dallas Howard, Gemma Jones. Does this movie ring a bell to you at all? I'm trying to think. Bryce with Richard Madden and and Taryn Edgerton? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, this is the movie Rocket Man. Oh, yeah. I forgot Richard Madden was in it. The uh, the, the the quote-unquote biopic about Elton John. Uh, and That's a good movie. This is a phenomenal movie. Like uh, this movie does something that's so interesting in where it's a biopic, right? It's talking about a real life person. And I think what a lot of biopics do that I understand why they do them, but it's kind of a, and I don't think you can do this with every biopic, but biopics are like, oh, we've got to be true to real life. We got to tell the real life story about this person, but then they make shit up anyway because it's a movie and you have to do that. Right. Right. That's just kind of the nature of the game, but they don't lean into the fact like, oh, this is a movie. We can do whatever we want as long as it speaks truthfully to the character uh, or the spirit of the person you're talking about. And so in this movie, uh, it's almost it's not really a biopic as much as it is a musical, like a very uh, whimsical musical fantasy where, you know, he's flying in the air while he's playing piano uh, and, and nothing, nothing of it seems really real because he's the, the songs are being sung out of order in terms of like, you know, he's singing rocket man when he's a little boy and th- there's no facts to that, but they use the songs at points in his life that fit and it makes sense. And I think thematically it's so much more engaging, so much more creative, way more fun than a movie that you can compare it to that came out the same year, Bohemian Rhapsody with Freddie Mercury. Um, and, and, and it does the it does the whole thing. We're like, oh, I'm a I'm a superstar. I, I'm a creative person. I've gotten fame. Oh, no drugs. Now I'm an asshole. Oh, no, I know. Now I don't want to be on drugs anymore. And it, it's it's that story. You've seen it a million times in any sort of rock star biopic. Right. But the reason this movie is separated itself and also head and shoulders about everyone else is the the really cool, bombastic unrealistic sort of portrayal of the music and the character himself. Like there's this great scene when he's a little boy. Uh, I can't remember what song. Just it a is. boy. He's just a boy. It's, he's a boy. And his mom's like, I turn that, 
turn your light off. It's bedtime. Oi! And he he you know puts the 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 blanket over his head. and He has a flashlight so he can keep reading sh- music sheets. But then at one point he like stands on his bed. He's got the flashlight and he starts waving it around like he's a conductor of an orchestra. But then it cuts to his point of view and it's a whole like actual symphony but the light is kind of casting around people's faces as they're playing the song and it's really great and it's just so imaginative and i love it so much and also i think taron egerton is kind of an underrated actor because he's phenomenal in this and uh richard madden shows up the king of the north rob stark himself and he's playing in the north he's playing an absolute bastard in this movie like he's such a piece of shit and I haven't seen him play a bastard because usually he's Prince Charming in every fucking yeah, movie, his, right? Yeah, his brother was the bastard. <laughs> that un- <laughs> Your namesake? Mm-hmm. Kit Harrington? Kit Laser. Thank you. Uh, but you, you've seen this movie, right? What, what were your thoughts I, on it? I loved it. I mean, I don't remember much about it other than at the time. I agree with you. Like, it was this whole thing where Bohemian Rhapsody got all this love and praise and everybody was kind of weary by the time Rocketman came around. And it should have been flip-flopped. Rocketman was the movie everybody thought Bohemian Rhapsody was. Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody should have been this movie. Yes. Or at least much more like it. Do you remember, I remember in, it was around 2006, it was like the first time I went to college, but Robert De Niro's production company was going to originally make the Freddie Mercury biopic starring Sasha Baron Cohen as Freddie Mercury. That would have been better. It would have been so much better. And there was like a bunch of like uh, creative differences between the production company, Sasha Baron Cohen, and the uh, living members the of Queen, yeah, uh, Brian May and Roger Taylor specifically, because John Deacon, the bassist, is like, Freddie's dead. I'm fucking off. I, I'm not doing this without him. Yeah. So, like, Brian and Roger are the only two that really kind of give a shit about the Queen name. And they were very like, we want us to be heroes in the movie, too. And you see that in Bohemian Rhapsody, which is kind of like, that's not what this is, guys. Yeah. Like, Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah, no one gives a fuck. Why are you painting Freddie Mercury to be this adultering guy when you, Roger Taylor, are the adultering guy out of the group? Not Freddie. Yeah. But, yeah. So they got too many too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Too, too many, many cooks? I never even saw Bohemian Rhapsody in its entirety. That's a weird movie that I watched as I was watching it. You're a huge Queen fan. Queen is my favorite band of all time. I love Freddie Mercury so much. I have a giant, like, foot and a half tall figurine of him in my office at work. (laughs) And uh, when I saw that movie, as I was watching, like, oh, yeah, I love these songs. Rami Malek's so good. Oh, my God, is that the boy from Jurassic Park playing John Deacon? Fucking weird. <laughs> oh, is Mike Myers their band manager? That's even weirder. Uh, but then when I, like, left the movie, the more I thought about it, I was like, wait, that was awful. That was stupid. That was so bad. And then it got nominated for Best Editing. And it famously, there's a scene where they're, like, around a table. It's, like, one of the best examples of poor film editing is from that scene. Yeah. And somehow, did it win Best Editing that year? It may have won. I think, and there's a big theory where it was one because the editor had to make chicken salad out of chicken shit because, uh, God, I'm, what, what was the director's name? The director of X-Men? Brian Singer? Brian Singer was the director. Really? I think it was him. And there was, he had to have that. That, yeah. I th- let me, let me double check Is he getting work that. that late in life? Because I think the. Well, that was like right when he got like super canceled. Yeah. Was, was when this movie out. And so it was a lot of those things were like. Hey, uh, direct. Yeah, it was Brian Singer. 
the, wow. the editor got this movie that was kind of not finished and kind of a mess and he was able to slap it together into what it was, which the movie works. And yeah. so a lot of people were thinking they like they gave the editing award to Oscar. that guy because of the work he did to push it through across the finish line. Yeah, he made a watchable movie out of this shit. Yeah. 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 Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices. The path forward is not always clear. Like you never know. Sometimes I used to sell cars for a living and I hated that job, but I made good money. I was able to buy a house. I was gone from my family all the time. I would podcast whenever I could. I didn't get to see many movies. I worked every Thursday night. It was terrible, but I was like, I got to do this. I got stuck in the middle class grind where I was like, hey, this is what's right for my family. Me to be miserable. We feel like we're stuck. We don't know what to do. So whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, sometimes in a relationship or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything else. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. And like I said, I had to have a lot of practice and it was talking through that stuff with someone else that helped me. And that's why you could find a therapist using BetterHelp that meshes with your values and the way that you see life in that perspective, and they can talk you through in a way that you find valuable and that you understand. So you can do it entirely online, get matched with a therapist like this that you enjoy, that you find value in. And if you find that it's not working, you can switch at any time. It's extremely easy to switch it. So just think about that. Think about how close you are to finding a therapist to better your entire life. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash streaming things. What about you, man? That, so uh, that was Rocket Man. I really don't have any in-depth things on the other two because, well, one, I could, I guess. I only saw the first three episodes, but season two of The Bear came out. The Bear. Um, uh, and it stars Jeremy Allen White from Shameless, most famously, and uh, Iowa Debris, who's coming up in that movie Bottoms I've been telling you guys about that comes out in August from Emma Seligman with Rachel Sennett. Uh, I was a huge fan of season one of The Bear. It, it takes place in like... I think seven or eight, like 22 minute episodes, uh, episode seven of the last season, first season was legendary because it's almost entirely in one take. Uh, and it's, it's a show that's kind of like uncut Jimsy, but with a splash of extra comedy because it's very intense, very nerve wracking, anxiety inducing. And the whole shtick is that Jeremy Allen, and you've never seen the bear, right, Steve? Correct. So the whole shtick is, uh, Jeremy Allen White. Uh, is a guy who is a a world-renowned chef-ish. Like he works at least, he's well-known in chef communities. Mm -hmm. And he's a young guy. I mean, he's in his 20s or early 30s or whatever. He traveled to like New York to do this uh, from like a poor Chicago family of roots. And um, he worked at a five-star, four-star Michelin restaurant, okay? Uh, He comes home because his brother, his older brother, played by John Bernthal, has committed suicide, and left oh, no. him the restaurant. And it's just like a Chicago cheesesteak joint, you know, downtown, you know, and a building that's worth like $2 million, but it's just a, a little restaurant of like, not f- basically fast food, you know, mm-hmm. filled with like restaurant workers that were like me when I was in a restaurant, you know, they're not trained to do anything. They're, they're not just, doing that. Yes, chef. They're smoking cigarettes and they're fucking, you know, they're high, they're drunk and they're, get the fuck out of here. You can fuck off. Now, where the hell is he? Tony's 20 minutes late. You know, Cover my just, shift. It's just chaos. 
And um, so Jeremy Allen White comes in and he's not like a pansy, like a super condescending fancy pants or anything. He's still from Chicago and that was his brother. And so he's got tattoos and he smokes and he fits in. But at the same time, he's got that training. So he's like, you know, when I talk, you say, yes, chef. When you talk, as a matter of respect, I'll say yes, chef. You know, like he's trying to teach them the way that it goes. And he wants to turn this into something greater. But the the restaurant's falling apart uh, and he's a mess because he's still mourning his brother. Um, and, uh, and, and he's trying to keep things afloat and, and it's all happening at once. It's, it's fantastic. It's mm-hmm. fantastic from a filmmaking perspective, from a writing perspective, Jeremy Allen White is transfixing. If you do you know who that is, if you ever watched Shameless? I, I, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. I, I wasn't a huge Shameless watcher, but I know yeah. who he is. He's, it's something so transfixing when he's on screen. Like I love my wife, right? Mm-hmm. But, but. That man, mm-hmm. he's got a chance. He can get it. He could steal me. Ooh, with the right with the right speech. We know you're listening, sir. Jeremy, the uh, door is open. You just nearly need to walk through it. But season one, you could watch in <laughs> in four hours, and I highly recommend that you do. Uh, I, I watched it all in one sitting the first time, and I always felt like the ending of season one was good where it was. It wasn't finished, but it was like you could finish the rest in your mind. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Don't fuck with it ever. Don't make a season two because you might ruin it. And a lot of people don't agree. Like, why wouldn't you want more of something you liked? I mean, you, you don't f- need more. You, you can eat too you, much cake. Yes. You know, some things need a button. So that's how I feel. I was really nervous about season two and I've only watched three episodes and I've heard Will Poulter pops up eventually. I haven't gotten oh, that far. Interesting. But from what I've seen, it is just as good. I mean, they did it. They found a really compelling reason to put him back in the pressure cooker. Um, yeah, I can't recommend it highly enough for anybody that hasn't delved in yet, but it's a wildly popular show. Um, yeah, that's The Bear, season two on Hulu. The Bear. Steve, what's the final thing you want to chat about? The final thing I want to chat about is a documentary. Oh, my. Oh, wow. Did you watch Still? No, I need to watch Still. So, Fuck, I really want to watch that movie. That's God so damn it. fucking good. Uh, I, I, if it's not for the show, I barely watch anything. But uh, no, I started watching a documentary. There's actually a lot of people who've written in in the last week or two saying like, hey, I wish you guys would actually cover more documentaries, which we did uh, Class Action Park yeah. a month or two ago. And that was actually a pretty big challenge to cover a documentary the way we normally cover things. But I think Still we did it. I think that easier. was a fun episode. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so go check that out if you haven't listened to it. But I watched a documentary. It's not like Class Action Park. It's actually quite a downer, but in a good way. It's called A Lion in the House. Have you ever heard of this? Have you ever heard of this? This is from 2006. It's an older documentary. You can watch it on Netflix right now. Uh, it comes in two parts. It's actually like a four-hour-long documentary, but on Netflix they divvy it up into two sections. Um, Which is two hours apiece. The, Quick math. I got the same number, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, but actually, Chris, this is kind of an interesting documentary for us and more specifically for me right now in my life. Okay. So uh, the synopsis, according to IMDb for A Lion in the House, is five families struggle with the ups and downs of cancer treatment over the course of six years. So you're following six families who are dealing with cancer. This movie takes place in Cincinnati Children's Hospital. So oh. it's very local, like literally... There is a shot in this documentary of my street this that one? I live on. Yes. You can see the Mother Why? of God Church. It's just a B-roll, like, you know, yeah. transitional kind of like look at the look at the city type shot, you know. And there's they're, they're driving on like I-75, like, oh, that's where that is. Oh, that's where that is. And it's also really cool for me because 
I actually, in my real, my not my real job, but my day job, I'm a, a video production Batman. specialist. I'm Batman. I save crime. Uh, Wait, what? I save crime. <laughs> I'm like, please stop. <laughs> Officer, let, leave him alone. Let the murderer go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so in my, in my day job, we actually just, Children's Hospital is one of our clients. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of video work for them. Uh, we just wrapped a huge project with them because they got uh, announced as the number one children's hospital in the country. And we did a whole big video series for them. And so watching this uh, documentary was so surreal because they're in the Cancer, Blood and Disease Institute level of the hospital. I was just there last week filming it. And it's so neat to see like, oh, How wow. someone else lit it. It, it looks so, well, it also looks so different because they've remodeled the yeah. hospital over the course of uh, almost 20 years since they filmed this. The exterior of the building looks so different. Some of the downtown areas they're filming of Cincinnati look so different. It's so fascinating. They're even interviewing people that we interviewed, but obviously they look like babies in this documentary because it was so long ago. So, yeah. so from my perspective, it was just fascinating in that lens. Like, oh my gosh, this is like a time capsule in, of this place I was just standing in. Amazing, incredible. But in terms of the content of the the documentary itself, obviously the people struggling with cancer are children. They're young kids. There's, I think one as young as like three or four mm. and the oldest one is 19 and they're all dealing with it in different ways. They're at different stages of their illness. Um, and you get to really kind of sit with the families and how the families are sort of dealing with this. Like some of them are kind of like, like the doctors are basically saying, hey, your kids, like they're not outright saying if they're like, your kid's going to die, basically. And the parents are like, oh, you know, when we get through this next week, we'll, we'll take them down to the lake. It's going to be great. But the doctor's like, ah, Okay. So, you, and, and then other people are like other families. You, you kind of, there's this one boy, his mom, I feel so f- bad for his mom. So, uh, there it's an African-American family. His, his dad was shot accidentally in a drive-by when he was really little. His mom adopted his, her brother's baby so that that baby wouldn't put in foster care. She allows her brothers and sister's family to all live with them in this like three bedroom house. It's really tiny and cramped and all these people are there all the while her son is dealing with cancer and it's, it's hard. It's so it's, you know, it's going to make you cry. I'm just gonna say that listener, you, you, if you don't cry during this documentary, you have no soul because there are these beautiful, beautiful children. They're dealing with this awful, awful disease in the best of ways that they can. You see the struggles that their parents and family members are going through and you get to really kind of learn who they are as people. And it's so human. And the way the, the the documentary really sits with some things, like they put like a thing up his nose uh, cause he, he keeps losing weight and he won't eat. So they literally shove a thing up his nose that goes down into his throat and it's going to pump, basically pump food into him. Yeah, feeding too. And when they, they do it, he throws up while they're throwing the, the, the tube down his throat. Now they cut away when he actually throws up, but when they cut back, he's just got like that pile of vomit like on him and they don't shy away from it. Yeah. And it's, it really kind of shocks you. And there's a point where one of the, 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 the family members of one of the other kids is like, uh, we're about $2 million in the hole right now. Thanks to all this. And his daughter's like four and they've already spent $2 million in medical bills trying to like save her from cancer. And it just kind of makes you kind of mad. Like, why should people have to ruin their lives just to do the right thing and save their kid, you know? 
And so it's heartbreaking. It's a really great human documentary. I highly suggest it. Go check it out. If you live in Cincinnati, definitely check it out because you'll be kind of like, oh, I've been there. Sadness. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, it's called A Lion in the House. It's on Netflix. Go check it out. That sounds like a it'll wreck me. It would wreck you. Especially what I've been going through with my daughter all week. I don't mm-hmm. know, man. Yeah. I will try to check it out. It's rough. It's good. Uh, the thing, the last thing I have to talk about is the opposite of that. Uh, it's called no hard feelings. It's a raunchy rated R comedy that just came out in mm-hmm. theaters starring Jennifer Lawrence. And I, Oh, uh, how is that? I loved it. Yeah. I adore Jennifer Lawrence. She's from Kentucky mm-hmm. and I'm a big fan. Uh, I always have been ever since Winter's Bone way back in, what was that, 2011 or something? Yeah, 2011. Um, big, big fan of J-Law. Always have been. In fact, I liked her before you. I'm a hipster when it comes to Jennifer Lawrence Love. Mm, sorry, it's 2010, Winter's Bone. Ah! <laughs> um, I think it was a 2011 award season. Though, so. ah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. So I, uh, yeah, a huge fan of hers. And I think she's perfect for this. And she doesn't get a lot of opportunities for comedy, like straight comedy That's like true, this. That's true, yeah. And she's um, funny. She is. She's super funny. Like if you watch her in interviews or any kind of press tours, she's fucking hilarious. Um, and not only that, but there's not a lot of these raunchy comedies that get made anymore. You know, the American pies, the 40 year old virgins, the Judd Apatow songs that we got in the, in the late to early aughts. Um, there's not a lot of them anymore. People say that all the time. Uh, and then they don't go see them in theaters. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was just throwing that out there. I think it's hilarious. There's a couple heartwarming moments. Uh, her co-star, I don't have his name in front of me cause I'm not a professional. Fuck it. Uh, but he's never acted in a movie before. And he was actually, Oh on, really? He was on his way to Harvard. He was, he was accepted into Harvard when he got worried word that he could star in this raunchy comedy alongside Jennifer Lawrence. And he was like, fuck Harvard. I'm and doing Andrew it. Barth Feldman. Yes. He's like, I'm doing it. And he's great. He's perfect for this role. But can you imagine like being one of God's special favorites and like being, <laughs> being on your way to Harvard when somebody calls you and they're like, Hey, uh, as one of God's special favorites. Yeah. We put you on the God's special favorite list and we noticed that you're on it. And we just thought maybe on your way to Harvard, if instead you'd like to come, uh, pretend to date Jennifer Lawrence for a month or two. Yeah. OMW <laughs> on my way. And it, but it's, it's a really funny movie and I, I highly recommend so it. So was he an actor before he wanted to go to Harvard? I assume. Like, like how would they be like, oh, hey, random guy. That happens like all to- the time that these people are very intelligent and, 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 and um, privileged and uh, <laughs> have multiple avenues of success. And then at the last second, they get like a big break where they're like, hey, OK, I'll do that. You know, mm-hmm. um, I can't think of any examples right now, but there's a bunch of them that were on their way to Ivy League schools or have actually gone to Ivy League schools and now are in movies. I know um, I'm 90% sure Natalie Portman has graduate has a degree from Harvard. She does, yeah. Uh, but I recommend this movie if you like to chuckle, if you like Jennifer Lawrence, if you're not shy about, uh, you know, raunchy humor, nudity. Uh, Matthew Broderick's in it. He plays the kid's dad. And the whole premise, If you, do you know the premise? Uh, don't his parents like pay her to like pretend to be his girlfriend to like make him cause he's a shut in. Yes. He's very, uh, obsessed with video games online. He got bullied a lot and they want to like get him deflowered and so open, <laughs> open him up socially before he goes to college, mm. you know, and that's the implication, but it's very overt. Like she's like, do you want me to date him or like date him? And they're like, yes. And she's like, okay, I'm going to date the shit out of him. And, uh, but in return, they'll give her a car. Because her car just got impounded. Um, it, it makes sense narratively in the movie. <laughs> 
uh, because that's all she needs because she's an Uber driver and she her house is going to be taken away for property oh, taxes. Okay, and so stuff. she needs the car. Yes, got it. Okay. Um, it's, it's like I said, it all makes sense at the time. It doesn't really fucking matter. <laughs> the way anyway. you kind of said it without saying the whole part that her livelihood depends on the car was like she gets a car like she's on the wheel of fucking fortune. And she, <laughs> or like, yeah, prices she's got right the daily double. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she needs a car specifically. Yeah. Uh, but if yeah, I think she's just a magnetic person. It's really good to see her doing something like this, even though she's such a p- powerful uh, dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just want to throw that out there. That's no hard feelings. It's in theater now. Probably won't be for long. I'm sure it'll be to VOD pretty quickly. Everything is nowadays. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, Chris, I hope there's no hard feelings on our behalf, uh, of our patron subscribers for the month of June. We didn't read them out this episode yet. That's okay. Do you want to do that right now? Crossing streams is a tough one to squeeze in the middle. Steve. It is. I just it want is. to throw that out. Cause there. I don't know exactly how many you're bringing to the table. You don't know how many I'm bringing to the Seven. table. Seven. Yeah, let's do Seven. it though. Let's oh thank the patrons for keeping the lights on. Yeah, so thank you to all the patrons that support us on patreon.com slash streaming things. These specific ones are on the tier that enable us to shout them out every episode. Let's name them. We got Chester Copperpot, Stanton Valentino, Svento Seven, Pills, baby, Jay Scramo, AK Ashley Ray, Alan Tomlinson, Wendy O'Laughlin, Jason Hawkins, Trey Barrera, Conrad, David Malfara, Kaylee Sampson, Rabbit Dog, and a Barbie car. And a Barbie car. Jose Ruben Cruz Rodriguez, Alexis Adler, Thomas Alexander, Emmy Joe Velez, Valerie, Aaron Layton, John Collins, Amanda King, Sun Loving Mortal, Andrew Gray, Jadinklage, Mordoon, Jen Robinson, Kate, Chloe Richardson, Kalicha Reeves, Kiki Newton, Kevin Strother, Jeanette Murphy, Casey McCain, and Enza. Enza. Thank you all for, for helping us uh, do the show, produce the show, and thank you to everybody who's listening. We love you so much. We hope you uh, discovered something new to maybe watch this week. Yeah, and let us not, know if you follow us up on any of our suggestions. Continue with Lost and Mission Impossible and Star yeah. Trek then. Fine. Fuck it. Yeah. We got a lot going on. Engage with us. Let us know. How do you like Make it so. Lost? How do you like uh, Star Trek? How do you like Mission Impossible? How do you like The Bear? If you watch The Bear. Did you cry at a line in the living room? Probably. Probably. You probably wept. Right into streamingthingspod at gmail.com. That's all the time we have for right now. We just made it through 10 hours of podcasting. My name is Kit. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Happy Happy streaming. streaming. Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. Last episode of the day. Kumbaya. Holy shit. How'd we get through six episodes? Well, you did five. I I did six. I want some tacos. Mm.